Hello and welcome back to The Inspired Attorney. I'm your host, Sharon V. And in part two of our conversation with Debbie Hoffman, she talks to us about the advice that she gives all her students. She also tells us how she creates a work-life balance and how she manages stress. Do you have any advice that you give all your students? I do, so many things, but I'll start with kind of like what I just said, network with people. Don't be afraid to talk to people and remember the people you've met along your journey because so that's one of my favorite things in life is trying to put together almost like I call it the game of memory you know I met this person at a conference five years ago and they do this and you know so don't just that's a huge thing number one is network and somehow keep track Everybody has a different way of remembering who they meet. Number two is don't like I've talked a little bit about you. There have been times, and I think particularly at the beginning of being a GC, that you're daunted by learning new things. And so I have really pushed myself to not be as daunted. This is kind of a stupid example, but like I work on a program called Canvas, which is a teaching platform on universities. And there was something they sent to us and they said, oh, you can call the helpline and have them install this for you. Or here's a do it your own you know, step-by-step, if you really want to give it a try. And I gave it a try yesterday and I got it, you know? So those are the kinds of things that unless you really think you're going to mess something up and you're irreversible, try to push yourself to to not be afraid to to do something that you're not sure if you can do it again, depending on the consequences. So it's taking risks and figuring out lawyers were so risk averse, but trying to push that a little bit further than you're, than you might want to. Um, that's taken a lot of time for me. There's still definitely things I'm risk, risk averse to, but I've definitely made some progress in that area. And the other thing is kind of look ahead. Uh, you can get, we can all get really comfortable where we are. And for some people, maybe that's okay. But if you really want to grow your career and figure out what's next, you can't lose sight of opportunities around you. And I used to tell my, as a GC, I used to tell my, um, the people that worked in my company for me, I would say, look, I, if I, you know, appreciated them, like I completely appreciate having you here and you're doing a fantastic job, but that doesn't mean you should ever stop looking to see what else is out there because there might be an opportunity. And I've been able, again, as a teacher, I've been able to train you this far. And if there's an opportunity that you think really matches what you've been doing and really excites you, you have to take that up op- that opportunity. And I had some really, there was a few really great cases where people did leave our team, but have had really great careers after that. And, you know, I'm thinking of one in particular, and she went on to another company and she's just right now, she's just doing amazing. And, and she says, you pushed me to do that. And so that I would say to other people, push yourselves to, to see what's next. I love that because also when we push ourselves, it's also kind of developing a habit so that you don't, you're not afraid so much in the future when these opportunities arise and you're kind of in a position of comfort that you can jump because that you know that there's something amazing on the other side. Because in the past, when you've jumped, you've gone to the next level. No question. I mean, and you can fall. There are times when we fall, but you don't know until you jump. So it depends on how bad the fall is, right? But you generally get um, you get through it. We're get like like the kind of the pandemic. We know we will get past this. We don't know exactly how long, but we know we will. 
And so we just have to take, I keep reminding myself, you know, day by day, month by month, you know, and, and we will eventually find a new way and we will be able to leave our homes and that kind of thing. One of the things that I, I, I use to gain perspective is when, when, when I have those moments where I feel like I didn't do as well as I wanted to, or if you, you have, I call them failures cause it's not a failure. Mm-hmm. Um, but you just look at, see how far you've come from where you once were. Yeah. Is there anything that you've done for yourself where you've had moments where you feel like you jumped and you didn't necessarily land as you wanted and how you maintained your mental state or how you dusted yourself off and got back up? I would say <laughs> becoming an entrepreneur after being at a, a corporate in a GC. So I gave a lot of, um, this is one of my, this is just one of my favorite quotes because it makes me laugh. I gave a lot of executive sessions early on to professionals, mortgage industry professionals, mostly on blockchain and mortgage. And I had one. And so they, they would, they pay me to come out and give these lectures and it was all very professional, but, and it was, and they would learn, but I had one, one comment from a executive that said to me in the middle of this room. And he said to me, he looked at me, he goes, you've stepped out on a limb. And he goes, a very, very long limb. Like basically like saying blockchain is crazy. And what have you done? And he just looked at me and, and that was his question in front of the whole room. And you're just like, okay, thank you. You know? And so it's those moments. And so I guess I've gone through that question a lot in my mind and been like, was this guy crazy or am I crazy? Right. And so you question when you go out as an entrepreneur and when you go out into your own business, especially in a business that's not, I'm like, I didn't hang up a legal shing- a shingle. I'm doing something that's very innovative. You think about what am I doing? What have I gained from this? Where am I going with this? What's the next step? You think about that a lot. And so for me, gosh, I can't even begin to tell you how many things I have grown from in the past few years from having my own company. So from the the most basic of, you know, starting my own website in Colton, learning to be my own marketing at the beginning and, or finding a marketing person to help me or, you know, running your own. So There are so many skills I didn't know that I had to know. And so even if somehow I ended up not doing blockchain tomorrow, um, let's say I'll go full-time as a professor or I end up, you know, somewhere else. There are so many things that I have accomplished and learned as an entrepreneur that I would never take back this long limb experience. So I think that's how you kind of have to push yourself to the next level is what, okay, this was maybe a fail, but what, let's name three things that I got out of it. And you can almost, if you can't find three things, like that's almost an impossibility. There's always something you can take away. Yeah. I think that's awesome advice. How do you manage everything that you have going on? Because you're (laughs) teaching, you have your own company and you also have a family and you want to spend time with them and Mm -hmm. have time for yourself. Right now it's a lot easier than usual because I don't have the travel time. I can, I can, walk out my door and see who's in the house for lunch or dinner or whatever. Right. But normally what I'm going to get, I'm going to take a step back on this question, go to the times when it's been extremely busy in my career and I've been commuting and I haven't. So it's, it's a wave. I think being a career mom, there are times in your career when you are days, weeks, when you might be all in on a deal and you don't have a lot of time for your family but then there might be times when you're kind of have a reprieve and you make the time for your family. My son is now in pretty high up in high school, but when he was younger and on little league, I literally would 
do whatever I could to make it to every game. And I didn't always get there on time. I mostly didn't get there on time, but at least got there for the second half. And I would eat dinner while I was watching the game at 7.30 or 8 o'clock at night. And so you just find this balance of being able to make time for the family, make time for your career. But the one thing I will say is every a lot of people say, well, how do you have it all? And I'm like, I don't think there's a way you can have it all. I think you have periods in your life where you adjust to what you have. And also, you know, I do think that, you know, sometimes you're luckier than others and you have might have more help from your family, maybe from your extended family or not. And those are the types of things that everybody's different. My parents were not local, so I didn't have local help, but I really felt like my kids were extremely independent and thrived on being independent and still do. So that was my balance that I was, so it's, everybody's different, but you have to find your, what works for you. Do you have any techniques that you utilize to manage stress? Yes. Um, everybody does. Right. So, um, so to me, it's, um, again, like you said, we're finding your own time. My time is, is the exercise time is so, and exercise, sleep, eat, it's your basic needs, right? So earlier on, I used to, um, I would, you know, go to the gym early on and then more in the past, maybe 10 years, I, I started to run and now I'm biking. Like, so that by, to me, biking a certain amount of times a week, I just enjoy my biking and it's my time. And so there's that sleep. I'm pretty, I mean, I know uh, we don't all have enough time for sleep. I really do try and make it a priority, whether you're a nighttime or a morning time, like I can work really, I'm a night owl. So I love working really late at night. And then getting, you know, ideally eight hours of sleep a night. And then, and then the third thing is like, uh, you know, I, it's food. (laughs) I love my great food, but I watch what I eat in terms of, I will eat really, really well at certain times. And then I'll just binge and enjoy my really rich going out to eat dinners and wines and things like that. I don't do that every day. I would, you know, gosh, I could never get anything done, but I really, really enjoy it when I do. So those are kinds of like the three things that honestly, like they give me joy and balance and make me happy. So (laughs) I love that you've picked out the things that give you the most joy and that you've been able to create a a real balance with them. Because sometimes if, if you don't feel like you're getting enough of something, then we're in a situation where, for example, with the, with the eating habits, like I give myself the weekends to eat or drink whatever I want. And then during the week I'm good. So on the weekend, I'm not losing my mind trying to shove everything in because, because I know that, you know, the time is there for it. And then during the week, I have also have time to take it easy. Right, right. You have to, I, I, I hate starving myself, I, you know, but I, you have to do everything in moderate, you know, so there's some moderation there. And I actually have the same theory with, with exercise. Um, I have a certain amount I bike or run, right. And everybody said, people have said to me, you know, you could do a half marathon, I know, like running, or, you know, you could do. And I think, I know I could theoretically, I could do it, but I wake up knowing that I have to do a certain amount and it, and I know I can do it and I enjoy it. If I push myself and then there are people that love to push themselves to those limits. That's just not me. So you kind of have to know, is that something that again, gives you joy? Is that something pushing yourself to the limit will make you happier? for me, it won't, it will just make me more stressed and I will, and I'll be achy and hurty. And I, and I'm, and I don't want to push myself to that level on the, but, but that's not, there are people that love marathons and half marathons. It's just not for me. Yeah. That's, it's really just knowing yourself and what makes you tick. Yeah. 
Do you feel like you've gotten a certain piece of advice that you consider the best piece of advice you've gotten? Yes. So I think it is be who you are. When I first came to Florida, you were, you, we talked about you were in my class. You may remember this. I spoke really, really fast. This is something that I was a New Yorker and I, I live, I've lived in Florida now for 13 years. I think I've slowed down a little bit on how fast I speak, but you know, they always say like, you can take the boy out of Brooklyn, but you can't take Brooklyn out of the boy. So to some degree, I will always be a New Yorker. I'm, I'm not always great. I've gotten a lot better at niceties and good morning. And how are you like, and speaking a little slower, but in business or when you're on an interview or when you're doing a project, we are who we are. And while we can really train ourselves on certain things to be better, it's really hard to change the core of who we are. And so, so, you know, the advice that I got was just be yourself and this has gotten you this far. And if it's not meant to be, then it's not meant to be like, if you're in an interview, you can't, you can do your research, which is what I do. And, and, but, but you can't change who you are. So I think that was really, really great advice. The other thing is push yourself to your, you know, people always say like, push yourself. And I really do believe that. Like, you know, you, I really do think that you have to push yourself and get out of, sometimes just get out of that comfort zone. Not all the time, but I think there's times you have to do that. Yeah. I think that could be summarized as in, and correct me if I'm wrong, be your best self because you're pushing yourself to go to the limits that you can achieve as you. Right. And you can't do that, you know, it, I don't want to say to the point where that to make to make you all you know people all stressed like oh god you know every day I have to wake up and I have to do my my mental yoga and this and that like there's just be your best self but it doesn't mean like every day do a hundred things it means plan for certain things that you can be better at and over a course of time achieve that right yeah I think being your best self also involves loving yourself so. Mm-hmm. And part of loving yourself is also, you know, creating a certain balance that, you know, you can achieve because also when we right. set too many things for ourselves and then we don't achieve them, that also affects our self-worth. No doubt. No doubt. So yes, yeah, it's knowing that balance and not being too hard on yourself for sure. And not, and not comparing yourself to others. Everybody's different. You know, I, I just, that's a really, really tough one. You know, when people compare them, well, they're doing this and that, but you're, you're yourself. Don't compare yourself you know, there's only one you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Do you have, I know that you're not necessarily in the legal field right now, technically, though, I don't think you're completely shutting that out for the future. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you have yeah. any hopes or wishes for the future of the practice of law? Yes. Um, and it goes back to the whole technology savvy thing. Law is antiquated. The practice of law is so antiquated as far as technology. There are a lot, a lot of law schools that are getting better at teaching that is, you know, I talked about finance, but the other second one is technology, but teaching methodologies, which in which technology can be incorporated into law. Uh, lawyers are, uh, you know, most lawyers are brilliant and hard workers and I have so much faith in, in even junior level attorneys who can pick up things so quickly but why are we not incorporating technology more in the way we do things? And, you know, I've seen, I've, I've, I, I actually took a course this summer online. They didn't get credit for anything, but there was, it was being offered and it was just like different sessions on different ways to incorporate technology. And it's just so incredible what's out there. And so I really, 
would it would encourage law firms to have and have a fo- have somebody in that firm, whether it's a ideally it should be its own position, um, focus on how the firm can grow. It's just like a, a, just like you have a, a position in marketing. They should have a position in how the firm itself can develop from a technology perspective. And and I just so that's my pet peeve. <laughs> how do you stay on because you said you took a course? How do you stay on top of the ever ever evolving field of technology, not including um, the CLEs that are offered? Yeah, because you have to know which CLEs you want. And so I'm on a a boatload of mail serves from from law firms. So I liked, and that's more of like legal issues, not, not so much as technology, but it does. I just kind of read the headlines and what webcasts are they having or what are they writing about? I am on a lot of channels that I don't know if lawyers are even on, but from a technology perspective, there's something called Telegram. There's something called Slack. And those are channels where you can have these conversations with people about different topics and telegram's a big one in, in blockchain and so that's how I got involved with that there again there's listservs um uh, you'd have so you kind of and, and then a lot how do you find those well you, you can start by um you know social media a lot of people write about them and connect and and so it's to the networks the more people you see writing about things and you might click into that and learn more about it. How did I learn about that technology course was somebody who I'm connected to on LinkedIn is kind of a superstar in that area. And he's a professor at Kent College of Law in Chicago and was talking, talking a lot about this course. And I clicked onto it and it was incredible. And so, you know, I got, and then, so it's just one thing leads to the next, the next, but the more you read, the more you network, the more you, the more you get involved in the, in conversations through these kinds of channels or networks is, is how you get there. I've had people say to me, I, you know, I follow you on LinkedIn. And so I've learned a lot about blockchains, follow some, it doesn't be me, but follow somebody who you meet, who you think is really interesting and might be able to um, provide more information in certain areas. I think you touched on something so important is also not being afraid to reach out to people. The cool thing about LinkedIn is it kind of makes our large world so much smaller and Mm-hmm. remembering that the person on the other end is, is a person just like you and me. And what's the harm in even just reaching out to them and saying, you know, can I learn more about this or whatever your question is? Yeah, I think it's important to, when you say that, so I'm going to say from a, somebody who is, is um, I get a lot of that because people don't understand blockchain. Oh, I'd like to learn blockchain. So I don't have conversations with every, everybody. I used to actually have a lot more conversations one-on-one. I usually I have a conversation one-on-one if I if the person has been referred to me from my colleague or friend. If it's a cold call, usually what I do is I, I give them some sites to my website on articles they might want to read. And then if they still have something they want to discuss one-on-one, some of them follow up. But a lot of times people are just looking for almost like intros. So on my website, on my company's website, I actually have a whole section on just resources that people can read about blockchain because I can't, every conversation I have, I can't teach the basics of blockchain, but I've written probably a dozen, you know, a dozen articles that all have a, um, an intro to blockchain in them. So I think that's when you're reaching out to people, I think it's great, but you also want to be careful of people's time when you reach out to them. I think that's a really good insight. Debbie, would you, uh, aside from the technology aspect, do you have any feedback or advice for your peers or for our peers rather? A little bit about what I've said, network, don't be afraid of technology. Uh, don't be afraid of growth. And I guess that's, I don't, you know, whether that's peers or whether that's people still looking with our, with a, with our peers, I guess also, uh, reach out to me if you, if you find you want to, you know, connect or learn about blockchain or technology. Um, 
so one of the things I do when I want to learn about something is I write. I, a lot of lawyers like to write. I think writing is a great way to dive into a topic. I don't write long, you know, I don't generally write law review articles, but I write just pieces that can go into industry periodicals. So if you want to learn about something and you enjoy writing, take up a topic and dive into it and just write something and you can go see if you can get it published somewhere or publish it on, on your LinkedIn. Obviously we all, you know, we've talked about reading. Those are kinds of all the basic things I think I do on a, on a daily basis. We talked about this. Don't try to um, do, don't wake up with a thousand goals in one day and you got to get, but have your, have your plans to get things done. But those are kinds of all the little tidbits of advice that I would say along the way. Debbie, I really appreciate you offering our insights. If you were to have some final words, would you like to add anything? I guess I just, I, I want to make sure that, uh, I talked a lot about my, my website. So I just want to make sure that, can I share what yeah, that is? Yeah, of course. Please okay, do. And I'll put it in the information below too. Okay. Just because I, again, I kind of introduced the subject of blockchain to, I think probably a lot of lawyers who are still daunted by it. Yeah. Um, and I do have resources, like I said, but you can shoot me an email or look at my website, www symmetryadvisors.net and that's s-y-m-m-e-t-r-y-a-d-v-i-s-o-r-s.net you can find me on linkedin um, i'm a big linkedin fan i also am on twitter symmetry advisors but linkedin is it's debbie hoffman and symmetry advisor on linkedin if out of orlando florida and twitter is at symmetry advisor and again i just don't be afraid to reach out if there's something you heard today and you want to learn more about i'm happy to obviously enjoy talking to people and meeting people. So yes, I'm sure, I'm sure you'll be having some comments headed your way. <laughs> that's, that's great. Happy to. Yes. Debbie, thank you so much for being a part of the inspired attorney. Thank you, Sharon, for, for taking the time for asking great questions and follow up and for listening. I did a lot of talking today, so I really appreciate the opportunity to share with you and share with the viewers um, some of my thoughts. I really enjoyed the conversation, so I appreciate you too. Thank you for watching. Would love to hear key insights and takeaways. Also, are there any questions you want me to ask the inspired attorneys that I'm speaking with? I wanna make sure I'm asking the questions that you wanna know so you're getting the inspired insights that you seek. Please also follow me on my various social channels. We got Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. If you do follow me on YouTube, make sure you hit that little bell so you are notified when new content is released. And if you are seeking further strategic guidance, please do utilize me through either a one-on-one -on -one strategy session, the first one is complimentary, or utilize the content that I've made available to you, such as tips and tricks on thinking above the line.